Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. The only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks the tailgate is what happens when he backs into the fence. So with that highly professional intro, I am joined by a highly professional person, probably the most professional football person at ESPN. His name is not Adarn Schefter. It's not Adam Schefter with numbers instead of vowels. It's Adam Schefter, and I am so delighted to have him as a guest. Welcome to the show, Adam. Well, thank you for the introduction, Mina. It's a pleasure to be with you. Nothing better to do in late July than to talk to me or June, so I'm happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot going on right now. Um, Adam, just before I get started, I was trying to think of when we first met, and I think it's when I used to do, in person, the I, I used to do a fantasy football show on Sunday, so mm-hmm. I would come to Bristol at like 6 a.m., yeah. and I recall you were the only person in the ESPN cafeteria because you were the hardest working person <laughs> at ESPN. Well, that's nice of you to say, but... You were working harder than me if you were there before me, so good yeah, for you. No. And that's, you know, listen, Sunday in season, uh, I love that time. The adrenaline's pumping. <laughs> you don't sleep much. You can't sleep much. You don't want to sleep much. And, yeah, there aren't many people in the cafeteria at 6.30 a.m. or whatever just it is. Just you and me morning. sitting just, alone just in you the and cafeteria. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, before, I, I had another question I wanted to ask you. That's something that's been on my mind a long time. Does it ever bother you that Woj's, like, news tweets are called Woj bombs because Adam bomb like makes more sense and it's an actual pun. <sighs> no, it doesn't bother me. L- listen, Woj <laughs> is great, but um, Woj, you know, like that's when you know you've arrived when you become big time when there's a nickname for your news. Why do you not have one? Well, Why? As like, you said, Adam bomb is kind of fun. It's and so good. Adam bomb is kind of fun. I mean, like Adam bomb sounds... I, I like Boom. This yeah, Adam. Adam Bomb hit. I, listeners, if you're if you have any ideas for things to name Adam Schefter's incredible news break, Adam's apple. I don't know. I don't no, know. No, Think no. Of I mean, something. listen, you're not going to do better than Adam Bomb. I know, yeah, but then you know, it's already like Woj Bomb's a thing, and like if I try to make Adam Bomb happen, but that's all, you know what? It's all, it's all in the ESPN family. Like we could all have the same thing. Like that's, that's fine by me. If Mina Bomb, if I can get a story this summer, this fall, that's worthy of that moniker, I'm all for it, and I'm not too. <laughs> ashamed or proud or whatever the term would be to basically ride on Roger's coattails and do it myself. <laughs> that, that's fine Aren't by we me. All Believe me. At this point. Um, listen, so obviously you're the premier newsbreaker in the football world, but I really love hearing your insights on players, teams, the state of both of those things. And we've been doing division previews on this podcast in the lead up to training camps. You know, it's that time of the year. And I wanted to do the NFC North with you because I think it's a really interesting division. I think it's a division where there is and in this not everyone agrees with me here. A lot of people are higher on Chicago than me. We'll get to Chicago, but I don't think there's a clear favorite in this division. So Well, let me say this. I think it's a great division. And let me also say this that we can break it down and talk about it. But I promise you that if you played it back in January, our <laughs> NFC North preview, we you, you would listen to it and say, What are they talking about? Because that's the beauty of football is that you know, we all anticipate it and look forward to it and discuss it and come up with all sorts of theories about what should happen. But the truth of the matter is, is that it never, never goes according to script. That's why people yeah. like the NFL so much. Because if we were having this conversation at this time last year, we would not have been talking about the Bears winning the division. And they did. Mm. And every year... There are teams that surprise and teams that disappoint, and that's why we get so many coaches fired on the teams that disappoint, and that's why we get so much hype and excitement about the teams that surprise, and it'll probably be no different. Saying that, yes, I think the Bears are good enough to win the North. I think the Packers are good enough to win the North. I think the Vikings are good enough to win the North. Yes. And I think the the Lions are moving in the right direction. But I wouldn't view them as good as the other three right now, which means that they easily could go out and win that division this year. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I you're well, you know, I'm always 100 percent right about all my predictions. So well, there you go. Yeah. They, 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 you go you, back and listen. You know, yeah. but no, I, I'm glad I, you agree with me. Then I think we're on the same page. This is kind of a three three team race, and you know, some of these divisions there's a clear favorite. Some it's like a two and two. This to me, there are three teams that I think could take it. I'm really high on Green Bay and. That's, you know, so when I do these previews, Adam, I go like through the depth charts and kind of look at how they change. And going through Green Bay, looking at just like the radical redefinition of this defense and thinking through what, how much this offense is going to evolve. And that's where I want to start with you because obviously it's going to be a new look Green Bay offense. Um, 
And it's been in the news lately because uh, Aaron Rodgers gave this interview to Mike Silver. And Adam, it was funny because the first thing that came out of the interview before the actual interview came out was Aaron Rodgers is still going to improvise an audible. And people yeah. were like, oh, he doesn't trust me. And then if you actually read the interview, he actually sounds very impressed by LaFleur and excited about sort of this McVeigh Shanahan derived offense and the use of misdirection and, you know, pre-snap motion and that kind of thing. So I actually thought Rodgers came across as pretty excited about it. Listen. He should be. This is what he's wanted. He's wanted a new coach. Now, Matt LaFleur is young, and he's new to it, and he's going to have to grow into it, and he knows that. And it was funny because I had Matt LaFleur on my podcast back at the owners' meetings in March. I'm like, you're not allowed to meet with your new players yet, Mm. even though you take over as a head coach because of the rules of the current collective bargaining agreement. I'm like, yeah, you haven't met Aaron Rodgers? He said, yeah, we, we actually met once before. I said, when was that? And I guess it was some sort of party that Matt LaFleur was at in LA and, and he ran into Aaron Rodgers and they and they had a beer together way back when uh, before Matt LaFleur became Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers by then and so these guys now get to reacquaint themselves and and that that will help define how this Green Bay season goes and Matt LaFleur comes in with some strong credentials and running had to know in offense and it will be imperative for him and that quarterback to get along but again I, I think Aaron Rodgers is Vested in this because everybody knew that it seemed like the Packers wanted to do their own thing. Aaron Rodgers wanted to go his own way. Mm-hmm. He got what he wanted. And so here it is. He gets the new coach. He gets an offensive-minded coach uh, who's got the history that he does that you referred to. Uh, they'll run a lot of bootlegs, a lot of play action, all the stuff you see from the Rams, from the 49ers, those sorts of offenses. And, and if this offense functions like that, then Aaron Rodgers should be able to thrive and you would think be very happy. But again, we're going to bisect and dissect their relationship every single week. Yeah, he has to buy in. And by the way, so Adam mentioned uh, he had Matt LaFleur on his podcast, the Adam Schefter podcast, which you guys should subscribe to. Meanwhile, I have a dog on my podcast, so we're kind of in two different... Well, I have four years. dogs in my house, Mina. How about <laughs> well, that? Maybe you'd like to have them. They'd like to be on your podcast. My wife know, would have... You know, my, my wife would like to have more dogs and less husbands, I think, <laughs> if she had a choice. Oh, I can relate. Um... I want so, but since you did have Lafleur, I, I kind of want to stay on that and ask yeah. you about him because I, I'm trying to figure out where we're going to get from him. You know, I mentioned obviously he comes from, but he's studied at the knee. If someone's as young as Sean McVay, can you really study at his knee? But he did study at the knee, and, and what? Well, well, wait, that, well, he studied more at the knee of Mike Shanahan. Yes, he's a, he's a Shanahan guy, and it shows, right? Because yeah. um, in Tennessee. And this is what I want to ask you about. So in Tennessee, we saw it's very different from Green Bay did. Green Bay ran a ton of 11, 65% of the time uh, via sharp football stats. Mm-hmm. They ran 11. LaFleur ran it 44% of the time, and that's the three wide receivers. guys. So they, it's a lot of 12. It's a lot of 22. It's a lot of heavier sets. As Adam mentioned, it's a lot of play action. It's a lot of bootleg. I like all those things, Adam, but the Tennessee offense was not successful. Now you could say, well, look what he had to work with there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to ask you. Like, I, I, conceptually, I really like what LaFleur brings to the table. It's very modern. It's what all the good, many of the good offenses in the NFL are doing. But his track record in Tennessee was not great. So given those two things, are you optimistic about what he can do with Aaron Rodgers? Listen, I am. I, I think that Matt LaFleur has got strong credentials. I, I still think, though, you do want to see him go in and do it. And he hasn't done it as a head <laughs> yeah. coach yet, right? So, I mean, every single year... The league hires about seven new head coaches per year on average, and it's been that way for decades. And so every single one of them thinks that they're hitting a home run, and maybe one or two or three do. And so more often than not, these teams miss on their hires. Now, in this particular case, again, he brings strong credentials. He brings great training. He brings a strong offensive background, which you're going to need in this day and age. But but nobody could say how that's going to work this year. Listen, I, I guess we'll rely on the Packers, who should have done a lot of reconnaissance work, a lot of diligence here. They got rid of yeah. Mike McCarthy in season. They had weeks to research their candidates, interview them, and come up with the man that they felt was the best man to try to help Aaron Rodgers finish out his career in a blaze of glory. This was the decision that they made with the benefit of lots of time and you would think resources and manpower to devote to this particular topic. Now, again, you and I don't know how Matt LaFleur is going to fare. I like him, and I think he's got strong credentials, and I think he's got a real chance 
to succeed, but that doesn't mean he will. How do you feel? So the other thing that makes me a little anxious, again, I I just want to say, I think the Packers are going to win the division. I'm very excited about them, but I thought they would add more skill players. I thought, I mean, so we, yeah. you know, there's the free Aaron Jones movement and that should finally come to fruition mm-hmm. this year. We know how much they love uh, LaFleur lives to run, but beyond Devontae Adams, I really thought in the draft, especially after going out on free agency and, and bolstering the defense, which yeah. we'll talk about in a second, that's very exciting to me. I thought they would add a wide receiver, but you know they did add Jay Sternberger later, I think in the third round. Yep. But be- behind Devontae Adams, it's um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who flashed a little bit last year. I think, yep. I guess Geronimo Allison might be the number three. Like, Are you a little bit nervous about the lack of uh, talent? Well, let's keep in mind that last year they drafted three wide receivers, and the one name that you didn't mention was Jamon Moore. And I don't know which of these three guys, Jamon Moore or Marquez. Oh, and Equinamius. Equinamius St. Brown is another one that they drafted, right, last year. Uh, Jake Kumro is a guy that I think that they have some hopes for. Trevor Davis is there. Um, they, they've got some guys there. Now, again, more often than not, rookie wide receivers don't make an impact. And I think that they <laughs> felt like, hey, you know, we can win now. We've got – Bigger needs. The draft and board fell the way it did. You don't want to force anything. Uh, you want to basically take what comes to you. And in this particular case, uh, they feel like they did that. Um, yeah, listen, I agree with that, that they definitely could have gotten more help for Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he probably wanted more help. But when you look, they went Rashawn Gary. They went Darnell Savage. They went to upgrade a defense yeah. early on that they felt was – Lackluster, and we know the free agent resources that this team devoted into its defense. It went and signed Preston Smith, and it signed uh, during that period of Darius Smith and Adrian Amos. And again, they put a lot of money into that defense, uh, not to mention the fact that they already had Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson coming back last year. So I think that it looked like they were intent on upgrading the defense during the draft. That's where I, they de- de- devoted their resources. I like this. I mean, this is yeah. a defense. You're right. Like they finished 29th in TVOA last year. Pass defense 28th. Run defense 23rd. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jair Alexander emerged as a big star. Well, that might be a little overstating, but but he's really you know, good. He's really freaking good, and yeah. they're excited about him. And they've invested so much in that secondary draft wise. It finally it seems to be paying off. Um, but you you mentioned all of the pieces they add added to that pass rush, mm-hmm. it's really exciting, right? Because they've already got Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark up front. But uh, I didn't love Rashawn Gary, Adam, where they took him. I thought it was a bit of a reach given his lack of production in college. But he, it, there's not as much of a – he doesn't have to dominate at the outset because of the other pieces they've added. And they also had Kyle Fackrell, a.k.a. Kyle Sackrell, who was good last year. Yeah. Like, I think this has the potential. Just tell me – let's wrap up the Packers. Am I over – like – Overly optimistic to think that this could be a top 10 defense in the NFL. I I think that's a little over optimistic. Yes. I I, I think it should be a, (laughs) I think it should be an improved defense. It should be a better defense. You know, again, you want, you want me to give you a top 10 defenses right now that I think will be better than the Packers that I don't think you'd argue about. Yeah. You probably could very easily. (laughs) Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo, Baltimore, Houston, Jacksonville. Uh, uh, Chargers, mm, Eagles, Cowboys, yeah. Bears, Vikings, Saints, Panthers, Rams. I mean, th- th- that right yeah. there is 11 They're the third 12. best defense in their division. <laughs> you know, l- listen, uh, if, if they could crack the top 12, that would be great. And I do think it's a better defense and improved defense, but I don't view them as a top 10 defense yet. If they want to yeah. go prove me wrong, have at it. Yeah, and I, I, Amos, that was like one of my favorite signings of yeah. the offseason, just for the value alone they got for him. I don't know, I'm very excited about this team, but, you know, it obviously all hinges on where we started, which is Aaron Rodgers has to buy in to the Matt LaFleur. Well, offense. listen, and when you've got him, you've got a chance. And he's in, he should be in the prime of his career, and you want to take advantage of that and make sure it works out. And so, again, they have a great opportunity, and they can be, they can justify all your excitement, Mina. That's, that would not be difficult to do. Before we get to the Lions, I mm. want to take a quick second to tell you guys about BetterHelp. 
Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, grief, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential and so convenient. You can now get help at your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. If you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time with no additional charge. Best of all, it's truly affordable. It's a truly affordable option, and my listeners get 10% off the first month just by using the discount code Lenny. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp.com slash Lenny. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. BetterHelp.com slash Lenny. Adam, my discount code is my dog's name and oh, not that's mine. Very good. That's very he good. He has Mina. surpassed me as what are all your four what are all four of your dog's names? Maggie is the oldest. Good. Then Ella, then Bailey, then Benny. Benny's the only boy. They're all labradoodles. You and, have a Benny uh, and I have a Lenny. You have a Benny and a Lenny. See that? Well, if we, we there you go. It's we gotta uh, do a podcast together, a spinoff. Uh, my, I, I love my Benny. God, I love that guy. <laughs> I mean, they're all labrad. Are you are you allergic? Is someone in your family? No, you know, just my, you know, basically started accumulating them, loved them. Um, I I never would have imagined that I would, would have had a dog, no less four dogs. We had five dogs. We lost Riley, uh, I don't know, five years mm. or so ago, and. And uh, Maggie, our oldest, is blind, completely blind. She had glaucoma, lost her vision mm. about three years ago. She's got liver cancer right now. She's got arthritis. She just got over pneumonia. We're at the vet oh. with her all the time, but she's a great dog, great, great, great dog. And mm. so we're we're making we're trying to make her as comfortable and happy as possible with lots of bones and lots of uh, human, <laughs> human food. Shout out to Maggie and Lenny. Yes. Way too much human food as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh we could talk about dogs or lions. Like yeah. those, are, those are the choices. Well, let's Mia. go to a different animal here. And I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start off I wanna throw a bomb. I'm gonna start off by throwing a bomb here. Um Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Lions can get out of his contract. Twenty twenty one I pulled it up because I, I actually wasn't hadn't looked at it in a while. It it looks like they can get out of it after in a couple seasons pretty easily. How are you feeling about Matthew Stafford and his future in Detroit? I, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan. So, I mean, okay. you're bringing up getting out of his contract. And I guess I would say is, number one, that's two years away. Number two, who you're bringing in. Number three, what, what, who's going to be better than Matthew Stafford? And I think that mm. – who, who, who do you got? Who do you want to bring in there? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, two years? Uh What's the younger Tua kid? Tua Tungvaloa kid. Okay, well, listen. <laughs> no, listen. no, no, no. I, he's been okay. He's been okay. L- let me let me say this. Could we see a scenario in which, if this season unfolded in a bad way for the Lions, let's say they went four and twelve, five and eleven, had a real bad year, which I don't anticipate them having, then all of a sudden I think everything's on the table because at that point in time you have to figure they're going to be making changes. And if they have that bad of a record and they're top of the draft board and they want to go get Justin Herbert or Tua Tango-Vailoa, however you say the name, I'm going to have to get very familiar with that. I'm still not fluent at pronouncing it the way I should be. Um, Tua or Justin Herbert or Jake Fromm or you pick the quarterback because they finished the poor record. Well, then at that point, you know, you have a new coach, you have a new GM maybe. Like there's a lot of changes that are going to happen if they have a really bad year. Mm. And and if that's the case, then – yeah, maybe you go and trade Matthew Stafford, and maybe you start over with a new young quarterback, and maybe you get back something from Matthew Stafford. The Dolphins discussed a trade last year at one point from Matthew Stafford. It never materialized. Right. So, yeah. um, we didn't the, talk about that. Was like that kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Well, the, the, the Lions didn't want to trade him. They didn't yeah. want to trade him. You know, the Dolphins were more interested in having Matthew Stafford than the Lions were in dealing Matthew Stafford. And there's a reason for that. Like, it's easy to say, boy, I don't like Matthew Stafford. But first of all, you know, he played last year with a fractured back. He played the year before with a, like a busted thumb. Yeah. He has not been surrounded by the most talent in the world. They've missed on draft picks. True. In, in other years and when he was first getting started. And so to me, I don't think it's fair to blame him. I, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan. I'd, I, I'd want him as the quarterback mm. of my team. But- and, but again, if they have a poor year and they make changes, anything's possible, Mina. Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about, you mentioned the pieces around him. And, and so those have changed a bit. And, and yes, you know, statistically he had a down year in just about every metric, but 
there there is a lot of changes in this offense that might mm-hmm. you know turn things around for him. So obviously bringing in Daryl Bevel, the new offensive yep. coordinator, which I ha- I've talked about this in the podcast. I'm higher on him than most. Um, you know, people I think under uh, there's like a lot of misconceptions about that Seattle offense. They were a, like very very efficient at during several years during uh, Be- the Bevel and Wilson era. And he's very good at tailoring offenses to the skills of the players he has. So I don't think it's it's a preordained conclusion that they're just going to run. Matt Patricia's just like run, 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 run off it. Like I actually think it'll, there's potential for more perhaps creativity than people think. Now, Carryon Johnson, I think is a very, very good running back. Uh, finished high in both DVOA and success rate. I've spoken about this podcast. Usually, mm-hmm. for, it bears well for the coming season. A few changes on the offensive line. TJ Lang's out. I think they're going to. Finally, move Ragnow to center, right? Yep. Which yep. that oh, that was. I, 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 I think right now maybe left guard. They got Graham Glasgow at center. <laughs> Wait, uh, I'm trying to look at this offense. They've got a Glasgow and a Ragnow. Glasgow and a Ragnow. Oh my! A God. lot of now, and they better win now with Glasgow <laughs> and Ragnow. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I I completely missed that. Wow. Okay. And then Decker's still a love talk. So yep. I, I think there'll be some improvements there. Um, obviously, they went out and got Hawk, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, you know, at, at tight end. So yep. Galladay's the number one. And, yeah. So, you know, there's I, this. I think they're, the, the offense should look better. You know, he, here's the year. thing. Here's the thing. You know, we, we have a new offensive coordinator there. And, and this is a team that, for whatever reason, never seems to be able to consistently run the football. And I think that's part of the reason you go out and hire Daryl Bevel is, look, um, they went out and drafted Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow and invested in Ricky Wagner at right tackle. And they've got Kerryon Johnson, who we like. And they've got C.J. Anderson, who we like. And they've got Theo Riddick. And they've got Zach Zenner. Um, I think they want to run the football. They want to run the football, try to run the football, which is something that Detroit just hasn't been able to do. And if they can get that done, it changes everything. Like, it takes the pressure off Stafford. Maybe it alleviates some of the pressure he's under. It keeps the defense off the field more often. There's a lot of things that all of a sudden happen if they're able to do something that they haven't been able to do, it seems like, since Barry Sanders left. Hmm. Do you like this defense? Like, do you think... Well, so... That, that's, you know, they invested a ton of money, yeah. obviously, bringing in Trey Flowers. I think last year you saw two different Detroit defenses and some, well, not completely, but you saw two different very run defenses. Once they brought in Snacks, mm-hmm. oh my God, he's so underrated at him, by the way. I, yeah. I still can't believe New York let him get away. You know, I saw that, that somebody actually had him on the old NFL decade team, like the old decade wow. team. Of the, and I was like, Damon Harrison, good job, Damon Harrison. Oh, you know, man. here's a guy that I think has uh, made it on character and, and, and really, forged a career where people didn't think he'd have one and he's done a great job and he deserves a lot of credit and a lot of props uh damon harrison a sean robinson trey flowers they invested a lot of money did oh, they overpay yeah i guess they did but you know what they they were desperate for a pass rush that ziggy Ansah didn't give them and, and i guess when you look at this defense it has talent but i guess i want to know is where is that pressure coming from is trey flowers by himself going to be able to get that done yeah uh, wh- where else are they getting that pressure is christian jones going to bring pressure for them is deshaun hand at the left end spot going to bring pressure for them are they going to be able to get that pressure from somebody coming off the bench um it's we'll a, see there's a lot of question marks yeah, yeah right. so- and if you're not getting pressure um what you doing? I like on that offensive line. They got they got Glasgow and Ragnow on the defensive line. They yeah. got a Dashawn and a Ashawn. Um, yeah, they're into rhyming. They're into they're into alliteration. <laughs> that seems to be how they're making decisions in Detroit. I like the de- I like that line, Adam, but I do not like that linebacker group. I mean, I they they have a lot of draft capital there, right, with Jarrod Davis and Kennard, but they haven't lived up to their draft position. Jelani Tavai, the guy they drafted in the second round, they're supposed to like the a, Hawaii. A, kid, yeah, the Hawaii. Right? Kid, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, is, I, is it thinking that he'll unlock? Draw Davis or something like we're f- okay now. Then we I can- don't know. I, you know, um, I, I I think it'll be okay. I think it'll work out okay. Yeah. It, it, well, and then the other thing I was going to say is I still have a lot of questions about the secondary. You know, they've never really figured out like uh, opposite slay what to do there. They did. I, they added Justin Coleman, who was very good in Seattle. He's not. You know, he's not. A, he's not an outside corner. I, I imagine they're going to play him in the slot like he did in Seattle. But um, he's not like. Like, if that's your fix for the secondary, uh, I don't think that's enough, necessarily. Well, uh, again, again, Mina, I'm just telling you, this is the one team that we agreed on 
that we don't feel like is a formidable challenger. <laughs> yeah. Which means they'll probably open the season, know, storm out of the gate, and probably be in first place in the NFC North. Yeah, I'm just telling you. That's how these things work. Uh, they open against the Cardinals, so yeah, they could win. Oh, that. they're gonna be tested right away. Yeah, then they got the Chargers, who I think have one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, um, who I'm very high on. We and Field Yates and I talked about them last week, and then ooh, ooh, Adam, Chargers, yes. Eagles, Chiefs, Yow. So, I think we're safe. <laughs> well, Bingo. maybe that quick start won't happen quite the way we thought. Maybe they'll be shopping Matthew Stafford before the trade deadline. What do you, I mean, how much, uh, you know, since you're, you're an insider, so yeah. I, I got to, how much rope do you think Patricia has there? I think he's got some, but look, let's be honest, right? He had a rough start. He, he had a rough start. It, it didn't go great last year. And I, I, listen, I think he should be kept on. I don't think they should make any changes. I don't think they should, they should be doing anything. I think that when you have that type of instability, it's a setback for the entire organization. But, yeah. but, but if they had a horrendous season this year and they struggled out of the gate and, and again, let's go back to those four and 12, five and 11 kind of marks where they're in last place. It's just one of those hopeless years. I think, you know, with just about any team, that has one of those seasons, anything can happen. You just don't know. You are so good at not risking old takes exposed. You're 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 being very professional and careful. And I'm like, well, the look, Packers look, are going to the Super Bowl. Well, but 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 no, you know, listen, <laughs> I, I've learned. I, I've done this now for thirty years, and so you learn that there aren't black and white. And and I'm not an opinion. I'm not a prognosticator. I'm a reporter, so I'm not going to tell you. That the Lions are going to finish in last, or the yeah. Packers are going to finish in first, or that something like that's going to happen. I mean, you just, it's so hard to forecast that. And if you're going to discuss that in late June, early July, I'm just telling you, you set yourself up to look foolish. Because mm-hmm. that that's why the league is so compelling every year. Because there are sure. unexpected stories. Look, what is it? Five teams have reached the playoffs every year for the last like two decades that didn't reach before. So if you take a look at last year's playoff, you'll just knock five teams out. Go do that. Yeah. And, yeah. And you, All you, we can do is look at the players, right? And, and say yeah. kind of how we feel about the units. And I think you and I agree. Like there, there's a lot of, there's potential to think this offense could be better based on some of the talent they've added there. There's potential in this defensive line. I look at the secondary and I am, and the linebacker core. And I, I, by the way, I, I didn't mention they also added Rashawn Melvin, so I guess he might start opposite Darius yeah. Lay. It's just, uh, you know, it's an area of concern for me. Well, and, and that's fair, and that's justified, and we're going to find out yeah. here uh, <laughs> when the team's going to camp, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to do the mailbag, but first, yes. uh, first we will talk about Tiso, the official watch of the NBA. Adam's also an NBA reporter, guys. He two sport athlete. Love over that. Here. Love that. Can't wait for <laughs> NBA free agency. Can't wait. <laughs> Each then you got to really drop an atom. Ah, that's that's when you're. That's when that's when. Yeah, we're gonna I'm listen. Gonna... I'm not trying to step on Woj's terrain, but I would love to get one NBA story just to kind of just shake things up a little and let Woj know he ain't the only sheriff in town. I would love that if you're listening. Wouldn't that please be fun? Send Adam your NBA news. Each one of Tissot's dime pieces delivers quality performance and traditional luxury. The Tissot Chrono XL is a great watch for those looking for a sporty chronograph with Swiss technology at an unbeatable price. Well, the Tissot PR100 family of watches brings together sporty and feminine details for a collection that is bold, romantic, and ideal for the modern woman. Shop Tissot at us.tissotshop.com and at select watch and jewelry stores nationwide. All right, hit it. Question. <whistles> Question. <whistles> Lenny, for your thoughts. Now it's time for the mailbag, which is brought to you by Tissot. Tissot, the official watch of the NBA. Shopping oh, US. yeah, yeah, no, I've seen that because Woj, Woj showed up there. And, and uh, yeah, a lot of people <laughs> said some nice things about him doing that. I'll go, wait, where's the NFL watch? Come on. Yeah, well, Tissot, yeah, well, yeah nobody's called me to make on. any watch appearances. Uh, okay, so as always, if you guys leave a review on the iTunes page for the Mina Kime Show, you should also leave nice reviews for the Adam Schefter podcast. Uh, we will answer the I will answer the question. I can't speak for Adam Schefter. It has to be nice. Squat Team 6, Adam asks, should I keep my Saints season tickets after next season or do you see them declining? Okay, so we t- <laughs> The Saints? I think he's joking, but you know what, Adam? Let me, let me, let me put it this way. I, I actually, when I did my NFC South preview, I, I, you know, the Saints are still the favorite, but I, the, to me, that was another division where I felt like it was a three and one. 
where I felt like the Falcons and especially the Panthers, I was surprised to feel realize how much I liked them after going, especially some of the dishes they made on defense. My one concern about the Saints, and this is what I'm going to ask you, yeah. is um, Drew Brees, his splits. When you looked at the end of last yeah. year, there were some... Well, Mina, let me say this to you. First of all, <laughs> if Drew Brees is your biggest issue, then your team is in good shape. Saying that, the splits are there, and the numbers are what they are. And, 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 yeah. and he has not been prime Drew Brees. He's been good Drew Brees, which is good enough in many cases. Yes. And good Drew Brees is better than most quarterbacks anyway. But I, I think there, is a, there has been a little bit of a drop-off. But the good thing is he's so smart and capable. He knows what he can and can't do. And, and Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael know what he can and can't do. And they have all these other weapons that they figure out a way around it. Okay, so For sure. we dumped the ball to Alvin Kamara. We throw the ball to uh, Jared Cook at tight end, our new tight end. We throw it to Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith-Deep. Like, you mix it up enough, you're not going to put him in bad spots. And the numbers, yes, they do raise the question and get you to go, yeah. <laughs> or whatever that noise was that you made. It's but again, exactly if like Drew Brees is your biggest concern, like we're, you know, we're yeah. talking about the Lions and some of the questions, and they're right. really even the Packers. Drew Brees. Yes. Uh, okay, we're real concerned. His drop off, too, would be from like a top three quarterback to like a top 10 quarterback, right? So, and, and, and yes, given all the other pieces, given the improvements on defense, I, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the Saints at all. I did, you know, question. I, there were another team similar to the Packers, Adam, where I thought they might add another wide receiver. They went out and added Jared Cook instead, who I think is going to be phenomenal in that offense. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a lot sometimes to ask of Michael Thomas, that's all. Uh, who's about to become very rich, right? So. Yeah, I think that they'll get that deal done. And if you're Michael Thomas and you know that you're going to get, let's just say, $22 million a year, why would you <laughs> want to take one snap at training camp uh, without having that kind yeah. of, without, without having secured the bag? Yes. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. You, sound, you sound very young. Though. Oh, I mean, I, like I, try, I, try to, I try to be much younger than my 52 years. Uh, Poppy is already asks, uh, I'll field this one, Adam. My local halal guy charges $2.69 for a piece of baklava. Is that a fair price? I used to work at, um, <laughs> have you ever been to Mamoons in New York, the Middle Eastern joint? No. But so we I bring, used to we work. Bring, yeah, I, I, we love Middle Eastern food. We bring it in once, once a week. You like baklava? Season. I like baklava, yeah. It's heavy, you know. So anyway, yeah. I used to make it and cut it. I don't know if what? I've even said that on this podcast. But yes, two sixty nine is a fair price because of uh, the for an individual piece because of the labor that goes into it. The traveling shells asks, "Oh, I'd like to ask you this one for aspiring NFL nerds. What books, podcasts, websites, etc. should we be reading, listening to? Adam, can you give us a an under the radar perhaps recommendation for podcasts?" Or See, anything, websites, books, any NFL thing. Well, I mean, I have to be a company guy, right? Like, go listen to <laughs> Matthew Barry and Field Yates and Stefania Bell and, and their podcast, right? There's lots of fantasy takes on there. Beyond that, though, I will say this. I, there are a couple of people that I like to pay attention to uh, in particular. There's a lot. I, I'm, I honestly am very open-minded to all of that, and I probably take in everybody, and I'm constantly listening and reading NFL material. Uh, I, again, I, you just... I learned to live it like that. That's mm. just my life. And so uh, a couple of guys that, that really stand out to me that I think that know it very Evan Silva, love Evan Silva. He's great. His yeah. ro- his weekly columns are awesome. Yeah, he does a great job. Really a big fan of his work. And and a guy that's done it for a long time uh, was ahead of the curve. John Hansen, you know, fantasy mm-hmm. guru. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that he's sharp. And, and Evan and John are the two guys that. I, I fall back on, in addition to our people, um, but I, I really like what they do. Yeah. I love that you cited fantasy, too, because, you know, sometimes people think, oh, fantasy not real football. Fantasy is opinionated. They, and, and, man, do they pay attention, and are they on top of stuff. And it's just so useful. I mean, when I I mentioned when I first met you, I was doing the fantasy show, yeah. and it's a football show. So, like, for me, I was nervous because I'm more of a football person than a fantasy person, but it's just football. You just I, pay attention to different metrics. I, I love I mean, I love fantasy, and I just think that I love my job as it is, but when you get invested in it, like we've got a 16-team league in the ESPN League, which, by the way, you should petition Seth Markman for a franchise, hmm. but go on the wait list. I don't know about that. I'm, oh, no, no, you, you'd enjoy it. Like, we, we just have uh, Teddy Bruschi joining the league this year, so it's it's like Mort's got a team, the Hasselback brothers have a team, I have a team, Matthew Berry has a team, Louis Riddick has a team, Seth Markman has a team. 
He won the championship last year. I had, by the way, if I could brag for a moment, uh, although maybe more embarrassing than bragging, I had a team last year that went 12 and 1. What? In the regular, which I've never had happen in any oh, fantasy league. Oh no, did you pull a Patriots? And I outscored everybody by, and then you lost like, it, my team was, I had, in a 16 team league, I had Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd. How? George Kittle. Oh, Kittle. Um, Andrew Luck was my quarterback. My running backs were Tariq Cohn, Lamar Miller. Hmm. Um, like, I'm just telling you, for a 16 team league, it was a really good team. <laughs> And then we got to the second round of the playoffs. You just um, had a bad week? And I went up against, I believe it was Stefania Bell. And I looked at the matchups. And I'm like, my, my team, my guys got like the Bear. They're going against the Bears defense and the Jaguars defense and like just uh. a Tennessee defense. And I'm going, oh, no. And she's got like the bucket. Her running back's going against the Buccaneers and the Giant. And I'm like, mm. I'm doomed. And I lost. And I got knocked out in the semis. And it was crushing. And that's fancy for you is that in a year where – <laughs> yeah, my team was just great. It just it just got blown up in the postseason. Yeah, it happens. Very I've tough. actually never won. For somebody who's fantasy advice, I've never actually won a fantasy season. I've always I've made it to the championship a bunch, but you know, you know, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I have not won our ESPN War Room League, the sixteen team league. Mm. I've never won it. Um, we have a basketball league that Field Yates runs that I love, and I'll just say this to you. Uh, if I could digress for a moment. I, we were playing in the basketball. I won the championship two years ago. And then this past year, in late March, early April, whatever it was, I was playing in the finals again. And I was going up against Eddie Marlett, a producer at ESPN, a great producer. And literally, it came, it's nine categories. Have you ever played fantasy basketball? I have never played fantasy oh, basketball. It is, I've heard it's it really is, fun. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Anyway... There are nine different categories that you have to win that your team goes up against. And we were down in the final week to the single last category of the last game. And it was field goal percentage of our respective rosters. And I was up by .30%, which is a huge number going into the last day. He had LaMarcus Aldridge go 20 of 32 from the field. Who takes 32 shots and who makes 20? <laughs> and that night, in what was the final game of the final matchup of the final game of the week that we dictated, I had three players going. LeBron James, De'Aaron Fox, and Marvin Bagley. De'Aaron Fox that night shot 3 of 16 from the field. LeBron kept missing <laughs> shots. And in the final minute of the last game, Bagley and LeBron each missed a field goal that swung the field goal percentage by like point oh oh one to Eddie mm. Marlette and cost me a repeat championship mm. in the end. It was unbelievable. It was so. I mean, I'm just telling you. As far as fancy goes, they could have made a thirty thirty out of that match. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Oh man, and I love that. that. Uh, it's amazing how much we remember like these exact. Oh, I will never yeah. forget. De'Aaron Fox three of sixteen. Lamarcus Aldridge twenty of thirty two. <laughs> LeBron and Bagley missed the final minute. Cost me. Ah, boy. Brutal. Uh, anyway, how do we we get sidetracked? I don't, I don't even know how we wound up here. Uh, we were asking about uh, fantasy, or you you yeah. mentioned Evan Silva, and he was great. He's, you know what? That'll be my recommendation as well. He's fantastic. Jimmy from Jacksonville asks, "What is your favorite open with your dog?" Favorite? Think, what with my dog? Oh no, this is mine. My favorite open with my dog because at the beginning oh. of the podcast, I usually um, ah have a little nod to him. I would say tell to tail has a tail. Uh, last question, Adam, and I want to hear your answer on this. Fear the defense asks. If Brady and Belichick retired tomorrow, what organization over the next day would take their place on how to build a contender? So my, I'll give you my answer first. Huh. I think looking at the last three years or whatever and thinking about the people in place and their approach, I, I did go with Philadelphia. I think just everything they do, the way, especially on the just, the things that Howie has done to build that roster, their offseason this year, honestly, I really like what Indianapolis is doing, but it's still a little bit too early. So I'll go with the Eagles. Well, listen, uh, what you're doing there, really that what that question is when you break it down is what young quarterback and head coach do you want as a combination? Who do you want leading your franchise into the future? And if you have a great, great young quarterback, then you obviously want to compliment him with a great young head coach. And so to me, it's just who do you believe in most as a quarterback in the league? And and the best young quarterbacks in the league, I would think right now, would be 
Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, um, and, and I think Sam Darnold is going to get there too. So I mean, you, you're going to want to go with one of those guys. Now, I guess I also – you forget the obvious. You bring up the Eagles, and I love that because in Cleveland, Freddie Kitchens just took over. We don't know how he's going to fare long-term as a yeah. coach. We, we, he, encouraging so far, but you, you don't know. Um, Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien, there's been a lot of turmoil in Houston, a lot of change. <laughs> to say the least. So a lot of turbulence. So you wonder how that's going to play out you know, going forward, whether Bill will be there long-term or not. No one can say. And then the Jets, Adam Gase just got there and, again, does very well working with young quarterbacks. I think he'll do great with Sam Darnold. But you know, is he calm enough that he's going to survive in the New York market for five to ten years? Like, I mean, that that's ambitious to say that. Yeah. So you, you don't think of those teams, even though I love those quarterbacks. But your selection of the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, is a great one because if Carson Wentz stays on the field, and there's an if always, and he's healthy, then he's going to be a elite quarterback. And they love Doug Peterson, and he's already won one Super Bowl. So that would be a combination that would make a lot of sense. A lot of sense, right? Yeah, right. Well, and then, but Brady and Belichick, Adam, it's coach and GM, right? So... I think that's not, that's the other thing for me with the Eagles is like I I just am such a Howie believer. At right. This so point. okay. So even if, if if Doug Peterson down the line in the future season gets blown out and Howie Roseman survives and it's Howie Roseman and Carson Wentz moving forward, then you feel good about that. I but, have faith in that organization. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think they, they, made great they, they are a very smart, sharp, shrewd organization that's usually ahead of the curve, and so. Um, that's as good a choice as any right now, to be perfectly frank. Thank you. Well, let's let's talk about an organization that I think a lot of people feel really good about right now in terms of the decisions they've made over the last couple of years, uh, both on the coaching side and on the executive side, and that's Chicago, mm. our division winner. So to me, let, I'll just, again, throw a bomb at the quarterback right out the gate like I did with the Lions. It's not a bomb. Everybody thinks on this, other listeners of this podcast think I'm really hard on Mitch Trubisky, and I don't think I am. I think he was average. But apparently, because we're talking about a team that, you know, was a potential Super Bowl contender, that sounds harsh. He's very early in his career. But to me, he he is the question mark on this team. And I think that's fair, right? Well, yes. But I would say this, that you're talking about a quarterback that I believe had 13 yes, starts in college. North, yeah, North Carolina, right. So Okay. And stepped in and literally fair. was spending his very first season last year with Matt Nagy. And how did that work out? You say he was average. I say he was better than that, although I would say he was good, but he was inconsistent. That's true. And so if you take away some of that inconsistency and you get him to be more consistent, which he should be in the second year in that system, I think he's going to work out. And keep in mind, you know, there's a quarterback that was drafted in the same draft ahead of Deshaun Watson, ahead of Patrick Mahomes, and it gives you an idea of some of his ability. And if anybody's going to bring it out of him, it's certainly going to be that coaching staff with Matt Nagy and Mark Helfrich and the rest of the people there in Chicago doing their job. So, again, I'm not down on Trubisky at all. I think that he's a work in progress. And I'll also say this, you know, back when I was growing up, way back when in the 1800s, um, <laughs> quarterbacks were usually given four to five years before they yeah. turned into the quarterback they were. And somewhere along the way in the last five, ten years, maybe with the spread of spread offenses in college, Maybe with the way that we live in society with things just mm-hmm. being on a fast track and people wanting instant results. I, I, I think people now expect their quarterbacks to be playing and performing and producing right away. Like yeah. year one and two. Well, some of it is contractual, right? Because you have to make a decision at a certain point. I mean, right now they're in the window where, oh, great, he's cheap. We can spend around him. It's mm-hmm. this great, you know, post Seahawks world where that's how teams are built. But at a certain point, you get to where the Rams are approaching with Jared Goff, where, I mean, we already crossed that threshold with Mariota Winston, who we've talked about ad nauseum, uh, and they haven't been able to come to a determination on them, which is very unique and interesting. So I think, you know, entering year three is when you really start having this conversation about a rookie quarterback. Okay. Is he the guy? Was he worth it? Are we going to give him that big contract? Um, even if you're right, it is a little unfair, especially given how thin his resume was coming out of college. Yeah. My feeling about Trubisky is, again, I said average, so back off people who call me a hater. I think, obviously, he's an incredible athlete. We, I mean, he ranked like for second or third in QBR, and a lot of that is just because of what he did with his legs. Uh, when he was on script, 
in Matt Nagy's brilliant offense. He at times executed it perfectly, but the inconsistency, it was like his passer rating, if you like charted it out per game, it would look like, you know, one of those EKGs where it's like 70, 100, 70, 100. You know, it's just high highs, low lows. And I think from this year, you know, just given the fact that great defenses, Adam, are much more likely to regress year to year. Yep. Like this defense carried him at times, and I don't know if yeah. he can count on that this year. Well, and, well, listen, they changed defensive coordinators, right? They went from Vic Fangio yes. to Chuck Pagano. How do you feel about that? Well, listen, I think Chuck's really good. Vic, you know, Vic is, yeah, he, he, he I mean, he's, I think v, there are a few guys that just stand in a league of their own, and, and I think Vic is one of them, and that's, that's no slighter. Chuck Pagano, who I think is an outstanding defensive coach, and his men are going to love playing with him. Th- there aren't many men better than Chuck Pagano. They really aren't. Yeah, he's a great man, um, and I think he's a really good football coach. So they did the Bears as well as they could have to replace, you know, a legendary defensive coordinator in my mind, a guy that's just fantastic. You know, it's about fundamentals, and do you, you know, you remember the press conference day when all these coaches, these head coaches, take over, and you get to watch them perform, and and you see how they do. Vic Fangio, who. I think took a long time to get a head coaching job because of his reputation of being like antisocial. I've known Vic for a long time. Mm-hmm. He, he's not, well, let's put it this way. He's not Sean McVay in terms of social comfort, but he's a, he's a really nice man and, and he, and he's old school. And when he got up at that podium for his introductory press conference as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, I thought he nailed it. He yeah. mastered, he showed what it's like to pay your dues, to be around the game, to know your craft, and to discuss. He just looked so seasoned and so ready for this challenge. Now, we'll see how it works out in Denver. It doesn't assure anything. But the point is, that's the kind of coach that the Bears are losing. And there's no way that you can lose a coach like that and not feel anything and just think that everything goes on uninterrupted. The, the complexity of that defense, Adam, like that was not a simple defense. Yeah. And they're bringing in, yes, they, they mean, you know, they have most, they didn't lose a ton of talent, right? But Buster Screen is a downgrade from Bryce Callahan. Losing Adrian Amos, that's mm-hmm. going to hurt them. Now, I imagine Roquan Smith with, who, you know, obviously had a bit we'll of a late better. start, right? Yeah. He's going to be better. He's a great talent. But they were also incredibly healthy last year. Yeah. Those things are, it's very hard to repeat all of those things. Well, and again, that gets us back, Mina, to our original point. We're breaking down these teams and providing a preview and giving you what we think are the most intelligent thoughts at this point in late June and early July. And the truth is, nobody knows. Right. Someone's going to break his leg and we're going to be like, well, nobody okay. Knows. We, we, go to, we go to training camp and all of a sudden, one of these starting quarterbacks hurts his knees, missing time, right. breaks his collarbone, division turns upside down. Um, but th- this this should be a very good defense. Like, sure, yes. Akeem Hicks is one of the most underrated Oh. Lyman in all of football. Eddie Goldman should be better. Uh, Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. Danny Trevate, Leonard Floyd, you know, they're going to get it out of him. Um, they've got some yeah. decent players in the secondary. Eddie Jackson's a total oh. star. Eddie Jackson, one of the most star. underrated players star. in the NFL. My God. Love that guy. He is so good. Yeah. Yeah. He can play for my team <laughs> any day of the week. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, look, the, 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 when you go by, when you look at the depth chart, it's just like, wow. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're still really good. I just, it's so hard to repeat the health talent, the loss of the head coach. There's just a lot of uncertainty and they're going to need to lean on Mitch Trubisky. And so for me, that is, can he carry them to victory, right? Can he carry this defense when it needs him to? And, and we'll see. I mean, like you said, he's still developing quarterback. I, he's shown at times his highs have been high. He can make the throws. He's super athletic. Decision making is uh, sometimes up and down. So I, I just have some question marks about them. Yep. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Fair, fair, but but when again you look at the roster, you look at the yeah. staff, you look at the team. Um, they should be a good, good football team for a while. Should be. Well, I I think this doesn't last mean team... they will be. <laughs> You're so careful. I think this last team should be good too. And and I I am not going to talk at great length about Kirk Cousins because I have done it so much on this podcast. He Adam he frustrates me because I I simultaneously think he's horribly underrated and unfairly maligned but then he fails me in big moments right and 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 it's deeply frustrating because he was actually good last year and yet he just he he lives up to the reputation at times and and it's really frustrating well again 
I think it's easy to critique the Vikings and get on Kirk Cousins because the contract, because of the contract and the guaranteed money and all that, which which he deserved and he earned, and I I got no issues with any of that. I, I think when when we try to criticize the Vikings, I think what we sometimes lose sight of the fact is they lost Tony Sperano, their offensive yes. line coach, on the eve of training camp. He he passed away, and just like we're talking about Vic Fangio in that mold, Mina. Tony Sperano was that kind of offensive line coach. And offensive line coaches, I think, may be even more difficult to find than defensive coordinators. And when you lose a guy like that, it throws everything into complete chaos. So now, this offseason, they went out and they got Rick Dennison with Gary Kubiak and Brian Periani. They brought in a bunch of former Texans slash Broncos coaches, guys that I've known since 1990. And the, these guys have been around. They understand the game. They will bring the type of stability and knowledge to this team that at times it didn't have. And then you get to keep a guy like Kevin Stefanski. So you, you get the best of all worlds where you're molding some of the ideas that you had in place with the new ideas and blocking schemes of Kubiak and Dennison. And again, uh, this is a team that I think should be pretty good. Look, they went out and used their mm-hmm. first-round pick on Garrett Bradbury. He's going to start right away at center. Riley Reef plays left tackle. Pat Elfine, left guard. Josh oh, so that's, that's confirmed. They're going to move Elfine to guard and start. I think so. I think that's how yeah. it will happen. Okay. Um, you know, confirmed. Yeah. That's my expectation. Yeah. I'm not confirming I mean, anything. Brad, Bradbury was an excellent center. Perfect fit for what Kubiak yeah. does. So Josh Klein, right guard. Brian O'Neill, who I think is really good, right yeah. tackle. One uh, of the few, I, I yeah. think that's how it shapes up. And And... You know, on paper, that should be a pretty good offensive line. Should, should be, be better, good. man. Can't, can't get a lot worse than that. And again, it times. comes back to the coaching. So if if this if this staff gets it out of this line, and Dalvin Cook is back from that ACL, you know, another year later, running the ball well, mm-hmm. uh, that makes life easier for Cousins. You you know, the defense is going to be good. It always is. So you know, I, I like this team. I, this I think, is a team, yeah, that could not run the football last year, which yeah. obviously was very frustrating to Mike Zimmer. And, and everything they've done, as you outlined, leads us to believe that's something that they want to do. Um, but, but, but I, I mean, is it worth it for them to go out when you've given the division to the Packers? Mina? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I said three teams. I okay, three teams okay. can win it. Okay, um, sure. I, I think I'm actually higher on the Vikings and higher on Cousins the most, even despite my preamble there. Because um, I like Kubiak, and I think he's a good fit with him. I think... You know, Kubiak and Stefanski, who's young, are going to kind of work, I guess, hand in hand, right? So, um, I, I was reading an article, Adam, on the Vikings website, and, and something jumped out to me. It was a quote from Kirk Cousins, and I didn't really see anyone talking about this, but he said, and this is, uh, I think, analytics, NFL analytics Twitter would like this. He said, if you look, if you think, I think, when you look at any numbers or analytics, I've been effective when play action plays are being called. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins says, correct. But then if you look across the league, and I think that's the case, our analytics department sent me a really good summary a couple of weeks ago over Memorial Day weekend, showing that play action is just effective, period, and you've got to call it more. Hallelujah! Well, well, well guess what? The staff that they brought in specializes, <laughs> Loves Loves specializes in that. So okay? that makes me excited about this offense. I, I hope to see it more. It is what Kirk Cousins does well. Um... Yeah, so I, I, and obviously we already, we don't even need to go over the skill, but we know that they have the, one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. They added Irv Smith Jr., but they re-signed Rudolph. They're fine. About this defense though, Adam, you, you mentioned they were good, but they, they weirdly started last season terribly. Yep. Can you explain that? And then they, they were fine at the end, I think, but. Well, again, I think happened? some of that offensive pressure, they were throwing the ball more, and again, the defense is spending more time on the field than it wants. And the defense had some of the issues with Everson Griffin yep. having to take care of his issues off the field. And um, secondary didn't play as well as it should have. And, I mean, it's one of these things, you know, that just that it just feeds off itself. Like, the defense always should be better. Um, but, again, if you're throwing the ball more and the clock is stopping and you're putting your defense on the field and they're getting frustrated because you're not running the ball as much and we know Mike Zimmer's frustrated about that, I just think that that kind of infiltrates everybody. So that that would be one of my theories as to why it was weird. Though started slow when it when it, it's certainly good enough to yeah to know it. 
I think the Griffin thing had a real, like, caused a lot of, had a bit of a ripple effect, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you lose that pass rush, the secondary suffers, yada, yada. But when you look at the, the names, it's like, my God, like, there's so much talent yeah. on this side of the ball. I mean, Daniel Hunter is, like, one of the most underrated young players in the NFL. I thought um, the safety, uh, Anthony Harris really emerged mm-hmm. last year. There were, you mentioned the secondary, and I think that was, Maybe we can wrap up the defense here. Like that was one of the strangest things to me is just some of the did, did, did Harrison oh. Smith did Harrison Smith miss some time too with an injury? He missed some time, yeah. And then um yeah, so Harris there was a few guys who missed time last year on the defense. So that's definitely uh Sandejo, Trey Waynes was out for a bit, and then of course Mike Hughes, right? The rookie. So And and, and yeah. I don't think Xavier Rhodes played like Xavier Rhodes no. for whatever reason. I don't know if that was injuries or what, but he was, I mean, it was his worst, it was the worst season of his career. So, and they were shopping Waynes, right? I think at some point. In the all season it went on, it, it, it seemed that people were, his name emerged quite a bit. There was a lot of discussion yeah. about him. So the talents there, um, you know, he just, at times, various guys were injured or struggled, but, I think when you just look up and down the roster, the expectation is, even with loss of like Sheldon Richardson, they did bring back Shamar Steven, the expectation is that this should still be a, an elite defense. Yeah. Uh, listen, th- there are certain teams that are just known for certain things, right? We're, we're talking about the Packers, and you just think that you have Aaron Rodgers and that somehow, no matter how good Matt LaFleur is or isn't, that they're going to be able to move the ball offensively. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at this Vikings team with Mike Zimmer's head coach, you just expect that they're going to play good defense, no matter how good it is. It's going to be good. The question is how. It's like eating pizza. It's, it's always good. <laughs> but the question is how good. Is it going to be a great piece of pizza? Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's a good question. Yeah. Last segment. But first, I want to tell you guys about ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses can connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Mina. Ha! Lenny, this one got Mina. ZipRecruiter.com slash Mina. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five ZipRecruiters who post or employers who post on ZipRecruiter, well, they're tech, I guess they are ZipRecruiters. So yep. they post on ZipRecruiter and they get a quality candidate to site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Mina. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-I-N-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash Mina. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? Dinks and Dunks are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, Adam, so I got four questions. The fifth is from Lenny. And I just want you to promise me you won't lose professional respect for me. No. I always read it in his voice. No, Mina, listen, you know, people do dogs. Pets <laughs> make people do funny things. Like if you heard me around my dogs, you would lose respect for me too. Do you have a voice for that? Any of them? Of course. We do you and your yeah, wife yeah, do yeah. like a voice? Yeah. Okay. You don't have to sh- tell I, yeah, me. I, I, honestly, I can, to, I can, can tell. I can tell. <laughs> when my wife is in a good mood and when she's not by how she talks to the dogs. Oh, that's it's so true. Um, okay. Question number one is from me. Have you ever seen a fake Adam Schefter tweet and thought for a second you wrote it? Not, I've never seen it and thought I've written it. No. I mean, <laughs> um, there have been so many examples of so many, you know, there, there's a black Adam Schefter site, an Adam oh, yeah. Schefter site. A darn Schefter. And, and, and I, I think that, you know, today, Mina, actually, I, I woke up to the news on Twitter. Twitter sent me a notice that it's my 10 year anniversary of being on Twitter. And I was, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was surprised. I was like, wow. Um, and it, it, you start thinking about your life. Um, <laughs> Ten years ago today, I joined Twitter, <laughs> and you know, just a few weeks before that, ESPN hired me, and wow. you know, and I had my my daughter Dylan like six months before that, and so I had no idea how much my life was changing in the span of about a year wow. or so. That really just changed things. And early on, um, there were some imitations. There were things that showed up. There were people retweeting me, and I'm like, I didn't tweet that. I'm like, why is this person impersonating? You get worked up about it. And I'm, after a while, like, whatever. I don't Oh, care. it's the finest compliment, though, right? Uh, yeah, I, I know it's annoying and like... Initially, you know. it was. I Honestly, initially, it was. I could care less right now about it, honestly. Dylan like, is such a cool name for a girl. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I love that your your dogs have like more traditional names like Maggie and that you're human as a, a unconventional name. Well, 
It's very 2019 of you. Well, uh, uh, we, we try to be current here. Question two. Yes, carrying the bag. Adam Schefter. Uh, question two. <laughs> it, it, I want, this is just a yes or no question. Okay. Did Tom Brady show signs of decline in 2018? You know, you don't want to answer yes or no. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. Just, just well, you know, first of all, I'm not a yes and no answer know, kind of person. I know, I know, I know. And as soon as I say yes or no, then all of a I sudden know. it's like, Adam Schefter says Tom yeah, Brady is on the. Okay, you give got me the it. nuanced. Give me the nuanced answer, Adam. Give me the nuanced answer then. You the nuanced answer would be like again. I think Tom Brady like Drew Brees, not quite the same, but yeah. still somebody you'd want on your team every day of the week. That's a good answer. It's the right. It's answer. true. Um, you're a Michigan grad, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you know this. I, my dad went to University of Michigan for grad school and I lived on campus as a I, kid. I didn't know that. Yeah, so wow. I grew up a Michigan fan. And How woo-woo. old were you when you lived on campus? Do you remember? Uh, six and seven. Uh, you, it was probably about the time that I was going to school there. <laughs> what years were uh, there? What years were we those? Cro- we didn't cross paths at uh, Jimmy John's. Um, gosh, how was I? 90. Early 90s. <laughs> I was gone. 91. I was gone by You were then. gone. Oh, boy. I, I graduated in 89. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. I told you. I'm, I'm, I missed you. I'm, I'm old and washed up, Mina. I told okay, you. Okay, well, I, I got a Michigan question for you. Yeah. Would you be afraid to wrestle Jim Harbaugh? No, I wouldn't be afraid, but I would I would resign myself to the fact that he would kick my ass. I mean, he's I know terrifying. that. No, he's not terrifying. He's 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 a, he's a great dude. He's just, you, yes. he's wired differently. Yes. Wired. Yes. That's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. I th- I'm going to use that to describe people who are, who are, who <laughs> are different. I'm going to just say, oh, he's wired differently. I like that as a euphemism. But he don't is. you feel like he could beat? And even though I don't think he's like, I think he's far from being the most athletic coach, mm-hmm. right? Especially college levels. But oh, I really oh, think on. he could beat any of them in a wrestling match. L- l- let me say this to you. Um, when I went to school there, he was the quarterback of Michigan my first year there, my first two years. Oh. He was, he was a really good college quarterback, and he could run, yeah. scramble, throw. He could do a lot of things. Yeah. He is, I would venture to say, a better athlete than you probably realize. Now, could he do it now at age 53, 4, 5, whatever he is? Yeah, no, nobody could. But I'm just telling you he is underrated in terms of his athletic abilities and skills. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the best Paris quarterbacks, which yeah. is, uh, speaks a little bit more to the history of quarterbacks there. That No, but I mean, yeah, he... You're right. He, I, I think he's. It, we are at the point where he was probably underrated as an athlete when people think. But but now, you know, he's he's got a dad bod, and but he's got dad strength too, which is a a real thing. Dad strength, you know. Well, what's wrong with a dad bod? Nothing. If you can, okay. if you're, yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> no disrespect to dad bods on this <laughs> podcast because I'm sure that a lot of my listeners have them. Uh, question, I got a dad bod, question, yeah. question four. I do not have a dad bod, but I aspire to have one someday. Question four. Who would you cast to play yourself in a movie? Oh, that's simple. That's an easy one because I've actually been out to dinner um, when I worked for NFL Network and all of a sudden the maitre d' sent over desserts <gasps> to the entire table and I said to myself, wow, like I didn't know people, this many people were watching the <laughs> network. Like that, that, that's a thing. Wow, like that's impressive. And I, and I went to go thank the guy and he came over and he said, well, well we loved you in Clueless. And I said, <gasps> Paul Rudd. <laughs> there you go. You do look like him. I've yeah. never thought of that. Have you ever met him? Because he's a sports. He's like a baseball guy, though, right? I, I've, had, I've had dinner with him actually. Oh, Adam. Uh, Rich, Rich Eisen knows him. I get you know. I guess they're very friendly. And back when I was working for NFL Network, we were in Kansas City for a Thursday night game, and I remember me, Rich, yes. and Paul going to. I, you know, Paul Rudd wasn't Paul Rudd, and he's probably a Chiefs fan, right? Oh, he's Kansas a huge City Chiefs guy, fan. Yeah. Huge Chiefs yeah. fan. So we went to dinner, and and what a flex. And and I remember bringing up, hey, you know, I, I've had people tell me like, you know, that, that I look like you, or what, and I don't think he, I don't think he really cared. He he doesn't care. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody ever goes up to Paul Rudd and say, hey, you look like Adam Schefter. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I don't think Maybe. so. Maybe you know, you've definitely got more Twitter followers than him. I without checking, you might not, I, but I'm sure you do. I'm well, guessing you do. So. Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd. He's great. Eat it, Paul Rudd. Yeah, he's, uh, he's fantastic. But that, I, that that would be my <laughs> that's choice. That's a good one. No, it's a good one. It's and, a really good one. And in fact, I had um, I've had various people over time. A girl that I that I knew um, back in my single days would call me PR. On oh, yeah. there you go. How PR. Yeah. I wish I had like a really good one like that. That was very spot on, but I don't. 
Um, I get the singer Michelle Branch. I don't know if you remember her. She did the song Everywhere. This is a one-hit wonder. I know the name. I, know I wish the name. she had retained her fame. Well, see that, you know. but you're not a one-hit wonder, so you've exceeded hey. and outperformed <laughs> Michelle Branch. So Michelle Branch well, should be honored to be called Mina Kimes. You say that now, but you're about to get no. asked a question in a dog's voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle Branch couldn't go in a dog's voice, could she? Adam. That, that's, I, I know. Please maintain our professional relationship. Okay, yeah, you got it. Adam. I responded to one of your tweets and wrote, my wife left me. Why didn't you reply? Well, because you are one of millions that has given me that response. How did that start? Who started that? You know what? I'm going to say this to you. I I have no clue, although I think I gained some insight last night because Field Yates tweeted about his wedding. And when he tweeted about that... Um, he did a podcast and he wrote step one, get married, step two, recap it on the podcast with Matthew Berry and Stefania Bell. And my, I, I responded to him, has your wife left you yet? <laughs> okay. Now, so now again, what I noticed is in reading through the responses, which I'm looking through right now is that they claim that some guy named Barry, Barry is the one that... Oh, I've seen that account. Yeah. Um, and, and I looked, and I'm not trying to insult Barry. You know, it seems like Barry's got a really <laughs> popular... Here it is. Sports Talk Barry. Barry McCockiner. Um And he's got 240,000 followers, so clearly he's somebody. And... Um, I'm sure that this this is going to you – know, he's got a podcast. So this sound's going to be played on his podcast, credit to the Mina Kimes podcast, <laughs> right? Because I'm making a fool of myself right now for not knowing – You are not. You are not. No, Okay. So I'm just telling you I want to credit I, – I, I think I want to credit Barry McCockner for producing something that uh, is just kind of spread like fungus. The like original every- My Wife Left Me. Oh God. yeah! Oh yeah! Like every time I tweet something, some so, people are saying my now. It's so weird. It, it, but it's not. It's to everybody, right? It's not just me, right? I think it started with you. I feel like you. I, I you know I see them in response to Woj and some of the other newsbreakers, but I think you were the the originator of being told my wife left me. It's also the weirdest thing. Like if we were going to the real world and explain it to people, they would be so confused. I I listen. I you know I I didn't get it. Um. But there's a lot of – when I tweeted at Field that your wife hasn't left you yet, a lot of people tweeted about this Barry dude. So uh, It's very funny. That's so funny. I, I'm guessing based off that, which I didn't know until my tweet to Field Yates that uh, has your wife left you yet, that, that this guy obviously deserves the credit for originating it. So my, I tip my cap to you, Barry, on a job well done for starting <laughs> something that I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs>